This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So will it also be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour at night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too you also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. The Sunday begins a new liturgical year in the church with the season of Advent. To me, the liturgical year is one of the most concrete proofs of how deeply involved God gets in human life. God owns time. Catholics and Orthodox people have come to understand the truth that God sanctifies certain periods of time in the course of a year to reach out with very concrete, specific graces for us. In this community, a lot of people really deeply live the season of Lent, and we find that it's not just a collective, our effort to turn away from sin and to be more faithful. When we actually enter into that liturgical season, we experience that God offers us that grace. What we do is very, very important, but fundamentally, the grace of conversion that's more powerful in that season is a gift from God. Many people in this community actively enter into the season of Easter, and we find over time that the grace of salvation is really renewed within us. It's not just wishful thinking. It's not just being more inspired. It's a gift from God in which we participate. Four weeks from today, God is going to give the world once again the season of grace of Christmas. The fullness of the Christmas season is not just the very good memory and celebration of the birth of the Savior of the world about 2,000 years ago, much more deeply if we choose to enter into it, we know from experience that during that Christmas season, which is several weeks, God offers the real grace of the rebirth of Jesus within us, collectively and individually. I really am trying to live as a Christian, and I need Jesus to be reborn in me in many, many ways. Look at this world. If you don't recognize how deeply we need, and our church, how deeply we need Jesus to be reborn in us, there's something quite wrong with you. So that grace is going to be real in four weeks. No one can predict how it's going to unfold or even when it's going to unfold. doesn't mean that somehow during those weeks of that season, suddenly, bang, you wake up and you say, hey, I just felt Jesus be reborn in me. It's much more mysterious than that but it's entirely real. So Advent is a four-week period, and this year we actually get four complete weeks, purely to prepare for the gift of the Easter season, to prepare to enter into that grace 
and hopefully be maximally open to it and maximally cooperative with it when God offers us that grace. Advent comes from the Latin word adventus, which means coming. If you are following the scripture, which I know a lot of you are, that's the equivalent of the Greek word parousia, which in the scripture and in our faith tradition refers to Jesus's second coming. So that word adventus, just in secular Latin usage 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire, it had to do with the coming of a very important person into other people's lives. Specifically, it often had to do with the coming of the Roman emperor into a city or into a community. The Roman emperor in the Roman Empire is the single most powerful person. He's the single, by earthly standards, most important person. If you hear that the Roman emperor is coming to your city, let alone coming to your home, let alone coming to, your, to you personally, of course you prepare for his coming, especially if you hear that he's coming with good for you. Especially, especially if you hear, you're not gonna know exactly what that good is, you need to be ready for it. Especially, especially, especially if you hear the Roman emperor is coming to give you some good and he's probably gonna ask you to do things for that good to become real in your life. You would prepare, I hope. If you prepare for his coming, when he comes, you're maximally attentive, you're maximally open, and hopefully you're maximally cooperative. If you don't prepare for his coming, he's still gonna come, he's still gonna offer the good, but there are gonna be consequences. You may not even recognize the good, let alone cooperate with it. To use the sort of absurd extreme, if the Roman emperor comes and you're sitting around in your pajamas and you're hungover, smoking a cigarette and half awake, probably his coming is not gonna have a big impact. Certainly, it's not gonna have the impact that he wants. That's exactly what we do during Advent. If Jesus Christ really wants to be somehow reborn in us, which is nothing but good, and we don't have to know the details, we don't know the details, and he's probably gonna want us to live differently, to have that good unfold, we prepare. So the spiritual preparation in Advent, thankfully, is very, very easy. All you need to do is show up for church on Sunday, you've already done that, Listen to the readings each Sunday. You can do the daily readings as well. The Sunday readings are going to all be about the coming of Jesus into people's lives. Later in Advent, it'll be about the coming of the infant Jesus into Mary and Joseph's lives. Next two Sundays, it'll be about the adult Jesus coming into people's lives as an adult. This Sunday, we'll connect with the end of the last liturgical year, the readings are about Jesus' second coming at the end of time, the parousia. All you have to do, pay attention to the readings, enter into them, see what people do to prepare for his coming, and do it. Just do it each week in your life. So here we go. Gospel reading we just heard is from Matthew 24. This liturgical year, most Sunday readings will be focused on Matthew. Just a simple reminder in that passage. Jesus is talking to his first disciples 2,000 years ago and to us today, assuring us that at the end of time, he will come again. He will come to bring human history to its completion. He will judge the living and the dead. In Matthew 24, Jesus tells his disciples 
Only God the Father knows the day and the hour when this will take place. No one will ever know. If you sit around guessing, you are an idiot. He tells us you will never know. You can guess as much as you like. You never know. What you know is that you need to prepare. You need to stay awake. For at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Jump to the second reading and focus, please, on it this week. St. Paul is writing, only about 25 years later, to the early Christian community at Rome. They're expecting that Jesus may come again very soon. St. Paul points out he doesn't know when he's coming, but certainly it's closer than when we first believed. He's writing to people who actually are trying to live Christian lives, and he tells them, here's how you prepare for the coming of Jesus. Two things. I invite you to enter into these this week. First, he says, throw off the works of darkness. These people are Christian. They really are, in so many ways, trying to follow Jesus, hopefully like you and me. But they also are active in works of darkness. Works of darkness in the sense of sin, doing evil things, and works of darkness very directly in the sense of, I don't want other people to see these things. I am a Christian in many ways, but I am doing evil things in darkness, not in the light of day. I don't want other people to know what I'm doing. And he gives a list. I mean, pay attention to this list. Orgies and drunkenness, promiscuity and lust, rivalry and jealousy. Christians in this community in Rome are participating in all of these things, and they don't want other people to know about it. And I think that's true in every generation. I have been at very few gatherings of this parish where someone says, hey, I'm promiscuous, but we are, right? Plenty of us are. I've never been you know, at a coffee and someone says, hey, there's this great orgy down on South Bowdoin Street last week. I really have never heard it. But we do these deeds of darkness. I do them. We do works of darkness, things that we do, we know they're wrong, and we would never do them, by and large, in the light of day. Throw off the works of darkness. I hope you get this. If Jesus is coming and wants to be reborn in you through the grace of Christmas, your sin weakens you. My sin really pulls me away from God. It makes me a corrupt person. It is much harder for me to recognize God, let alone to hear God, let alone to follow God, the more I choose to sin. If I choose to throw off the works of darkness and live as in the light of day, if I choose to turn away from my sin, particularly my works of darkness, I am much more open to God to the grace of Jesus's being reborn in me and us this Christmas season. So get to work on this. What are your works of darkness these days? You know them. If you don't know them, get honest fast. If you don't know what your works of darkness is, you are, that's pathetic. What are your works of darkness? Each day this week, throw them off. Number two of two. St. Paul says to us and to people 2,000 years ago, if you're preparing for Jesus' second coming, if you're preparing for his coming at the grace of Christmas, put on the armor of light. 
put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Very straightforward image. You put on armor to go out into battle, to defend yourself, and to go out and win the battle. You don't put on armor to go stand in a corner. You don't put on armor to go out and just take the incoming. You put on armor to get out there, to accept the incoming, and to go and beat your enemy, to win the battle. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Get out there in this world aggressively and live as Jesus lives. Whatever you know about him, whatever he says, get out there and say it. Whatever he does that you know, get out there and do it. Don't be some weak, mediocre, lazy, pathetic person. Don't just observe the world. Don't complain about the world. Get out there this week of Advent and more aggressively live the love of Jesus Christ. Get out there and do it. I will conclude. This is such a gift. Many of us complain about the commercialization of December leading to Christmas. Correct. Many of us complain that we feel bad about ourselves because we don't have enough money, because we don't appear to be like the merry people in the commercial season. Fine. Many of us complain that December is so busy and so stressful. Fine. Many of us complain that we get depressed and anxious and sad because our lives have all these issues. Fine. If you let that happen to you, that is on you. It's based on reality, but it's your choice. It's your choice to get depressed. It's your choice to get pathetic. It's your choice to complain. If you choose to live Advent, all of those realities will still be real, but you will be spiritually focused. You will be strong. You will be alive. When you hit the mall parking lot and you want to kill people, you have something better to do. When you realize how nasty your mother was to you, you realize she's secondary. You're preparing for the coming of Jesus to be reborn in you. When you recognize that you don't have any money, it's okay, because money is not salvation. The Savior is coming. If you allow the next month to be something other than spiritually a period of growth, that is on you. Please don't do that. He is coming. Throw off the works of darkness each day this week. Put on the armor of light each day this week. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.